Welcome to the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show. We are your hosts. I'm Emily Valentine from Style Me Tactical. And I'm Amy Robbins from Alexa Athletica. We are a lifestyle show meant to empower women to live confident, prepared, and self-reliant lives. We talk everything from our favorite beauty products to concealed carry firearms and everything in between. We bring guests on our show with compelling stories that will inspire and encourage you in your journey. Now, you can not only listen to the audio, part of the Concealed Carry Network on your favorite podcast streaming service, but you can also watch our show by going to OpsLens.com or downloading the OpsLens app. This episode is brought to you by StyleMeTactical.com, a lifestyle website sharing concealed carry tips, outfits, and preparedness advice, and Alexo Athletica, the first active carry wear line on the market keeping women safe and stylish. Welcome back, everyone. We are here at Turning Point USA's Young Women's Leadership Summit. We are so happy to be coming to you from here, having great episodes with awesome people. It's been an awesome weekend for us. It's our first time doing our show here. It's been really great. And we've got a wonderful guest, Liberty Austin, with us today. She's a social media influencer and paralegal. She is an avid outdoorsman and is passionate about conservation. She currently works for U.S. Law Shield, a company that defends the rights for those who believe in the Second Amendment, something we all believe in and feel very passionate about. Liberty, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You know, it's funny. It took us getting to Dallas at the Young Women's Leadership <laughs> Summit to get you on our show. I don't know how we missed you at SHOT Show. Right. We, we do these live. We love doing the live podcasts and the shows and we didn't get to see you this year at SHOT Show. Did you go to SHOT Show this year? I didn't. I didn't make it to SHOT Show this Uh, year. That's why. All right. Right. Well, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad you're at this conference with all of us. I feel like all of our gun girls are back in one place together. Yes. Yes. Our squad is here. That's right. (laughs) Um, I think one of the things that I know that um, intrigues me about you and and a lot of other people is when when they meet you and they know that they see your social media, your name, Liberty Austin. I mean, how um, pro America is that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how'd you how get so you lucky not, to get such right. a cool name? So it's not my real name, but I. Oh <laughs> man! <laughs> but it kind of accidentally came about, actually. So liberty, obviously, my love for freedom and yeah. the Statue of Liberty, my absolutely favorite uh, monument in the country. But um, I just kind of came up with it because I wanted to stay safe online. Um, I think it's really important to stay safe. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, people are trying to steal your identity, but not just that. There's a lot of creeps out there kind of stalking us girls online. <laughs> yeah. And then Austin, because that's where I'm from. So it kind of was an accident, but it stuck, and everybody started calling me that. So I was like, okay, I'll just go with this. I know? love it. I would never have guessed that wasn't your real name. I love it, it too. Like, it's like, yeah. it's so perfect. Well, you know what? It really does fit into the entire theme of this whole thing, too, mm-hmm. which we're all about keeping women safe and helping them be right. prepared. And that is one tip and great takeaway mm-hmm. that maybe it's not the best thing to use your full real name on social media. There are a lot of people out there who go digging. They start yeah. looking through stuff. They find your name. They do the Google searches and they're down the rabbit hole. And yep. it's, well, now it's kind of yeah. creepy how much people like are willing to search to find out about someone, but also on the other hand, how much everyone is willing to kind of like share, like just mm-hmm. without a second thought, just like, let's just put it up. Let's just put it out there. Yep. Well, with technology today, too. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You just, it's so accessible. Mm -hmm. Your information, like you probably Google your real name now, you could probably find your address on there. It's really scary. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was one one thing when I got into all of this. You know, I have a health uh, background in healthcare. That's what I went to school for. And I had like a, it was registered with the state. I'm like, I don't want. 
mm-hmm. are people finding that? Mm-hmm. You know, there were things I just didn't want. I didn't want anyone to exactly. find. So you know, that's, I don't I think, think anything's wrong with wanting like a little bit of that mm-hmm. kind of privacy, especially yeah. nowadays when it seems like there's like, especially with the way technology is moving, like everything's about like exposing and digging in and finding out what you're doing and who's doing what and who's where, and it's just like. Let's kind of like rein that back in. Right. Like, let me just have my little bubble of privacy where I don't have to put everything out there and I can still maintain like my like little life. And exactly. 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 Yeah. And there's definitely nothing wrong with that. But right. I mean, obviously, it's something that is very important to you to stay safe, to say to, to keep some things private in your life. Did you ever have something happen in your life that led you to really want to start taking more precautions that way? I did. I did. When I was really young, about 16 years old, I had a we had a serial rapist break into our home, which is just, you know, awful oh experience gosh. to go through. And I lived those like for about 10 years of my life, I just lived in complete fear all the time. Just, I couldn't sleep in the dark. Literally I had to have lights on. I was just in complete terror all the time. And so that kind of made me a little bit more paranoid than, than normal. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will say, Oh, you're so paranoid. Well, no, when you're, you know, when you're a survivor of a crime, you, you're always paranoid because it's just, it's always with you. You carry it with you. Mm -hmm. Everybody looks suspicious doors are never locked even though I've locked them I check them again it's just something that I have to live with so yeah definitely that's where it stems from for me wow and what did you do moving forward to help yourself get over that fear was there any other measures or anything that that you did to help you deal with that fear well I first did the whole counseling route and then that you know provided some relief I totally encourage women to go out and get counseling it's definitely necessary but there was still that thing that was missing for me that just where I could just sleep and be in peace and calm and uh how it came about was when I fired my first defensive firearm and I learned and I, and I bought one, that was when I finally regained my power. It was like an instantaneous return wow. of power. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and ever since I've had a firearm, I just feel confident. I, I can't explain it. It's just something that was a remedy for me. You, live in, Aust- you live in yes. Austin. I'm really curious to know, do you get pushback from people when you do tell them that you're an advocate for the Second Amendment and that you have chosen yourself to carry a firearm for your personal protection? Mm-hmm. Do you get pushback from people that live by you? Yes, absolutely. What do they say and how do you deal with that? Well, um, it, it, Austin's very liberal, as you know, and so it was uh, definitely friends and coworkers, you know, they kind of joked about it because they knew that I was an avid firearms, you know, just person. So it, it was a lot of, they think it's unnecessary. You know, they live in a bubble kind of, sure. they don't think mm-hmm. that it's necessary. Um, and that's kind of the pushback that I would get yeah. from from my peers in general. Which Do they is like, know it's your not story? Necessary. Do they know your background? They did. And I even worked for a rape crisis center for a while in Austin. And the consensus was women shouldn't defend themselves, that it would put them oh in my. more danger to oh carry a firearm. You know what? I, I hear that. Mm-hmm. We actually wanted to partner with a woman's shelter in Dallas. And they ended up saying that they didn't want us to partner with them yeah. because we advocate for women to be able to defend and protect herself. And that was the, that was the common right. consensus. Like was, that is... No, yeah, it's so absurd. Yeah, yes. I'm like, how about I actually, I would do this for free. Like, I would take your women to the gun range. I will teach them how to protect themselves mm-hmm. if they want to. Like, obviously, we're not going to force anybody, but I offered my services as a firearm instructor to help them. And they were like, absolutely not. We cannot put these mm-hmm. women in this situation. And, you know, it was almost like, 
keeping them in a victim mentality, right. you know, but yes. I just don't understand how anybody can argue with your story right. on how mm -hmm. that happened to you. And yet they're going to tell you that now your way to combat it is not correct. Right. 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 What, I don't understand I'm that. I'm curious what, if they're saying that, you know, women shouldn't defend themselves, what options were they providing these women who were calling in? Really nothing. They were providing, one of the things they provided was like cell phones, you know, like, hey, call if you can get away. And I did hospital advocacy, which means I, I actually went to the bedside of these women that were just raped. Oh my and don't talk to them about self-defense and don't pray for them. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. So I feel like all the tools that I could offer were immediately taken away and they were a private organizations, so they could really have done that any way uh -huh. that they could yeah. have. But the main thing was that they kind of said, just, you know, wait, wait till you get somewhere safe. Well, what if you don't get somewhere safe? Right. Yeah. What if you can't, what, what do you do? Well, I don't so, know if y'all saw that tweet. Um, Chris, I forget his last name was CNN reporter. He posted, tweeted out a video of Kimberly Corbin's yes, uh, Chris story. Cuomo? Is that who that was? Yes. Yeah. From, he, he tweeted out the video that she did for the NRA mm -hmm. when she came out and was basically sharing her story and how she got to the point that she wanted to choose a firearm. That's how she got regained her power. Yeah. That is what empowered mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. And his tweet was, only in America. And I, I tweeted back at him. I said, no, I think you meant to say only in America do women have the opportunity mm -hmm. to defend and protect themselves, Chris. Correct. And that is like what is so great about our country is that we can, as women, utilize and exercise our Second Amendment how we see fit to protect ourselves. Right. right. You know, if, if I could say one thing to women, it's that don't feel sorry for the for this man, because. If you're assaulted by someone, they don't care about you. They will kill you in an instant for nothing mm -hmm. at all. And I think some women struggle with that idea of I'm going to be taking a life or, you know. Right. They do. Yes. We and hear that, that is all so the time. Yeah. He will not hesitate to right. completely. And, and you uh, shouldn't either. Exactly. People, women say exactly. that. They're like, I don't know if I can carry a gun because I don't know if I can pull the trigger. Right. But and that's, like, that's, that's the ultimate question. Right. Is before we even get into that point, like you need to be willing to ready to take a life if you need to. Mm -hmm. like, exactly. If, well, you, if you can't do that, then it's probably not going to be for you. Right. But uh, what, I guess like going back to that question, I know that we've talked about this a lot and I think we've seen it in like different discussions, but you, you, uh, we ask like women, like, are you willing to take a life? They'll say no. But then you turn around and say, well, were you, would you be willing to take a life to protect your family, your kids? And then they're like, oh yes. And right. it's like, well, you know, what's right. the difference? Like, to defend yourself, to defend your family, it's, it's exactly. still protecting. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that is something that an assault, you know, attacker can use against a female mm -hmm. is if they immediately start apologizing, oh, hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, then they, they use that opportunity to overtake the, of course. Know, their victim. It's women really need to think through that whole process prior. <clears throat> I spend a lot of time when I walk in a public, public place. I'm, honestly, I look at exits. I'm thinking I'm sitting in church sometimes and I'm like, I'm about 25 yards from the door yep. because I want to make sure that I can protect myself and my family and others around me. So, um, it's something that I live with now, definitely, as being a survivor. Different than somebody who hasn't gone through something who can't right. imagine that process. Right. I really appreciate you being willing to share your mm -hmm. story and then to share what you did after. Because a lot of times we hear in the media that it terminates on, okay, the rape happened, right. the assault happened, the, the kidnapping happened. But then what? 
you know, right. what was, what is the woman able to do to overcome that, mm-hmm. to empower herself mm-hmm. or what can other women do moving forward to be prepared? Right. You know, so what tips would you give to young women? I mean, obviously we're, we're here and we are surrounded by high school students yep. and mm-hmm. young college women. Mm-hmm. I was not thinking about this when I was this age. No, not at all. Either. Not at mm-hmm. all. So, but you are here as an influencer and as an ambassador. So what message do you hope to get across to these younger women? Women that start following you on social media that they should uh, get training in firearms, purchase a firearm, own a firearm. Um, but biggest emphasis on the training of the firearm, mm-hmm. because you can own a firearm, but if you don't know how to use it, you can quickly be overpowered by your attacker. And then it's for nothing. You're basically just armed somebody else. So uh, train, train, train constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I try to get to the range at least three or four times a month, just even if it's for an hour, yeah. just to keep myself, you know, refreshed on well, those are, skills. I mean, like, like shooting is a perishable skill. And it's one yeah. of those things, yeah. that if, you're not, if, if you're not constantly learning and practicing and getting like that muscle memory down mm-hmm. it just you know kind of like goes away and yeah exactly. I mean it, and it's part of like it's if you are caring I mean it's part of the lifestyle sure so well, I was gonna say that you know we're getting a lot of requests from our women that do want to start thinking about concealed carry walk us through your personal journey of concealed carry did you start with off-body carry or did you go straight to on-body carry and what types of holsters and clothing mm-hmm. did you have to change anything in your life uh, when you decided to make this a part of your lifestyle? Well, I started with a kind of a mixture of both, um, but living in Austin, I guess I had more of a sense of false security for some reason in some areas where I'd carry in my purse mm-hmm. um, more often and I carried on my body places where I knew if I was going to be, you know, somewhere walking alone sure. when I, I needed to have it on my body. But I kind of made that decision prior to me leaving the house because it's, you know, when you have a gun, it becomes a part of you mm-hmm. and you have to make decisions based on mm-hmm. where's my gun going to be yeah, at. Right. If I have to leave my purse somewhere, I obviously have to have my, my purse with me at all times if I have a gun in it. Um, now I carry on my person. And I live in Houston, so the crime rate is a lot higher, uh, meaning that my chances of getting anything it's gonna it's gonna it's a lot higher sure. so i carry daily on my person i carry a glock 43 which is a really small compact yeah. mm-hmm. you know pistol i practice with it all the time and it's really easy to conceal yeah um so get a pistol that fits your body yeah um you know that that is comfortable for you that you're comfortable drawing and that you feel confident wearing sure mm-hmm. and what do you have any favorite holsters that you like to wear i mean obviously as women we kind of have to think mm-hmm. about the, the type of clothes that we're wearing but All on that, a daily yeah. basis what yeah. are some of your favorite holsters that you're carrying in? i have a couple of stealth gear right yeah, now which i we love. love yeah we, we love stealth, we love yeah. stealth gear, stealth gear. <laughs> That one just, it just meets all of my needs. Yeah, really. it's, it's so comfortable. Yeah, it's, it's one of our favorites. Right, right. And then I have a couple of custom leather holsters as well that I'll, I'll use. Um, but mainly it's that stealth gear because yeah. I can kind of hide it really well. Yeah. yeah. You, I haven't you gotten were made into a like... meme one time, weren't you? Yes. With your leather holster. I was going to say, I haven't gotten down with the leather holster yet. But yeah, I want to talk about this meme. Yeah. I used to carry a, like a 1911. Uh, I love it. Yeah. And, and so... Like a, I, like a real 1911, like the full metal 1911. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay, that was my right. favorite pistol. And so I had, I just had a regular like Galco, something that I would, you know, uh, like kind of carry with that. Somebody turned it into like a conservative meme. 
and it just kind of cycled and cycled and it was it was funny every time I'd see it somewhere but I have nieces that would be like that's my aunt whenever her friends would yeah. be showing them showing them this meme um so yeah it was pretty funny that is really that is really funny do you are you one of the only ones in your family that are super pro second amendment or did you grow up in a family that really fostered that for you I grew up in a family where I grew up in a Hispanic family. So in Hispanic families, men, there's a lot of machismo, mm -hmm. men do the hunting, men do the firearm yeah, carrying. Right? So I know my, my, my father hunted, he had firearms, but girls were not allowed to participate. So I'm the first of my kind of kind to do it, in my family, <laughs> which is awesome because my uncles, I have eight uncles with my dad, like they're eight brothers. They are all so proud of me all the time. And did you, what, what deer did you get this year? Yeah. I'm like the, the niece that's like super they're super proud of because I'm the only one in my family that is you know firearm friendly and, and wow, I, I awesome. hunt as mm -hmm. a female right so I had to break some ground there as well because at first everybody was like we're doing what exactly sure <laughs> do, you, do you have any advice I think we're running into this a lot at this conference and a lot of the women that are here we're all coming from different parts mm -hmm. of the country mm -hmm. a lot of women are the ones that feel like they're the only one yeah. in their friend group or maybe even in their family mm -hmm. that wants to wants to exercise their second amendment what yes. kind of advice would you give somebody that is like you know in that situation what would they do what would you tell them so like if you if you're around people that are opposing your you know your passion or, or your belief I'd say just do it and do it well and carry yourself well. I have to not argue a lot with my family members, yeah. even my sister who unfortunately was raped as a result of the of the incident that we had. She's very on the fence about having a firearm in the house yeah. even still. So um, I, I just can't I can't push my my you know my ideas on right. her. I just kind of have to show them, hey, this is how I feel, and they see me so comfortable with it. My sister is both of them, one of them has purchased a firearm and the other one's like really open to it. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm slowly convincing family and friends my idea or my way of things. Or for example, in the law firm that I used to manage, uh, it was kind of a joke. Hey, if anybody ever comes into our office, we're going to run to Martha's office <laughs> because we know that, you know, yeah, exactly. Yep. That, yeah. I, I think that is so great because I do think that a lot of young women, as they're starting to come into their level of confidence, mm -hmm. they are really seeking older women to look up to right. that have gone before mm -hmm. them that have kind of had to forge these paths. You know, we didn't have social media no. yeah. when, we, right. when I was going through my own journey. That's kind of right when Instagram was, was starting and mm -hmm. I felt very alone in the whole journey. And I think what has truly empowered me is connecting with right. Emily is connecting with, with mm -hmm. you and all so many of the other women that we've had on this show, mm -hmm. knowing that I'm in this community, even though we don't live in the same States or right. the same places, I still feel so connected to all of them knowing that we're all fighting for the same thing across the country. And I think that's right. why events like this are so great and so important because it's providing a way to bring all the women and people who have the, the same values and views together and connecting and we're all meeting and talking. And I just think like some of these things, I mean, they need to be happening more and they need to be happening like all over. Mm -hmm. So people do have a have a place that they, they can go and they can attend and say, I'm going to go meet and step out mm -hmm. of my comfort zone, go to this conference and then finally find like my people that are going to... Yeah support and help me and then we can all grow together sure right let's talk about u.s law show yeah. just a little bit too for people that aren't familiar with what you guys do tell us about it so u.s law shield is an amazing company that we are legal defense for self-defense mm -hmm. if you have a a firearm if you carry concealed you should have 
this program. It is a membership program that basically helps you should you have an incident. Okay. Because you guys know that if even if you're in your own home and somebody comes in and you, you know, yep. You're, you're basically going to go through a grand jury process yeah. for exercising your Second Amendment mm -hmm. rights, which is crazy. But we have to beat that system by by doing it legally. So this is a great program to have. And that's that's what U.S. Law Shield is, basically. It's is just, it basically insurance? Yeah. Is it like it's kind of like an insurance, yes. Okay. It's a membership program. Okay. And so it's just 385,000 members nationwide that are all firearms advocates that, you know, Second Amendment advocates mm -hmm. that are, are there for each other. And we're kind of a big family group that mm -hmm. uh, just kind of has each other's back. So yep. if you do carry a firearm... I would be a member even if I didn't work there. Okay. I, I think it's an amazing insurance to have because you just you don't want to be in a situation where you might be faced with having to use your firearm. And the last thing you want to do is go to jail. Right. Sure. Well, the you know, we were reading so here on the Concealed Carry Network we have a great guest, Angie yeah. Bronco, who wrote a book called uh, the, the Law of Self-Defense. Self and great book. it's a great book. I've been reading it and I've learned so much about it because basically if you're out and about, you have your concealed carry license, you find yourself in an altercation and you do have to pull your weapon and eliminate the threat. Mm -hmm you will be taken to jail. Yeah. Like right. when the police show up, so it, it, it's going to happen, but what happens there right. and how you formulate your statement to get you out of that situation, you need to have the right legal team around you that knows how to handle these cases. Exactly. That right. knows how to help you put your entire statement in the right frame so that when you're talking about your mm -hmm. life being at risk and you had no other option but to right. pull this weapon, you're going to be able to have a much easier time, you know, for because right. the jury. it's different mm -hmm. also in yeah. each state. I mean, I think that one of the, the great things about his book is that it was breaking it down like for, mm -hmm. for each state and it's just, it's, it's overwhelming, mm -hmm. you know, getting into, you know, firearms and this lifestyle, just how much, how much we all need to be educating right. ourselves yes, to make sure that exactly. we're in, in the best position that we can should we ever have to you know you know use our firearm and it's just you know having organizations like that and having like the resources i think is so important it's the fight after the fight. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You may live through that ordeal, but then you're going to have this whole new ordeal. It's going to cost you probably hundreds of thousands right. of dollars. That was my question. I was like, this is a very expensive mm -hmm. process. To get any type of legal representation is not cheap. Exactly. And so this is a way to help reduce those costs and take, you're already going to be stressed out enough if you yeah. have to use your defensive weapon. Let somebody else take the burden off of you from having to deal with the other things that right, you just right. aren't, aren't equipped to deal with on your own. Right. Well, and you don't want you, you don't want to feel hesitant to use it if you needed exactly. to because exactly. you you didn't have you know an organization like that behind you. Like you you really need to be confident that like. I'm going to use this when I have right. to use it. And I'm a paralegal, so I'm really familiar with how expensive attorneys are. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's hard to find one. The last thing you want to be doing when you're sitting yes. in jail or the back of a cruiser is going to be, what attorney am I going to call? Yeah. And are they going to be firearms advocates? Are right. they going to be Second Amendment advocates? You right. might end up with a very leftist attorney oh, yeah. at the last minute. I didn't minute. think about that. No, and you're that's absolutely fair. Yeah. That's a good point. Absolutely that's right. very scary. So well, our attorneys are completely vetted. They're former prosecutors majority of the time. Oh, that They're is all fantastic. firearms trained. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't get any better than that. That And that is so true because you... <laughs> It's basically like an interview process yeah. when you're going uh, through attorneys. And I had to deal with attorneys, obviously, like from business 
these contracts mm-hmm. and setting up companies. And I um, was going through some of our operating agreement contracts the other day, and I reached out to a law firm in Dallas that's specific for startup companies. Mm-hmm. And he came back and told me, we as a law firm do not um, do anything for anyone in the firearm industry. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's okay. I understand your stance right. on that, but uh, we're not in the firearm industry. We're in the business of keeping women safe and protecting them how they see fit. And he turned us down. He wouldn't even take us on as clients because they didn't want to deal with that. Yeah. I would have never so thought common. that was right. an issue. So I would have thought that you as an attorney are just going to do your job. You're going to help right. us write up a operating agreement contract so you definitely don't want to be vetting your attorneys when you find yourself already in that situation because I can tell you from personal experience that it does happen you'll end up with a public defender yep and that person may not is not going to have any experience to defend you and you just need somebody who's qualified Mm -hmm. so as a paralegal I'm telling you it's just the best choice to, to already have a program that has an attorney picked for you and then you can also just call and ask advice. Like, hey, I have a question. Can I walk into this restaurant? I don't see a 30 out 6 sign, but yeah. I see this other kind of random sign with a gun with a little red mark. Can yeah. I walk into this restaurant? And the attorney will answer your question. Yeah, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I love that. In Texas? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in D.C., it's... I don't know how that works in D.C., actually. <laughs> no, so. I don't know. They don't actually tell us what the exact sign is supposed to look like. Yeah. I think we have, like, some vague verbiage that said like the font is supposed to be like x big or whatever and i'm like and they don't even put an example of i'm like can you just put an example on your site of what you want it to look like so i know yeah where and i'm Before going places the if this yeah. is if they have the firearm sign if that is the one or is it like a different one because you know like everyone has their inter- like you can buy all kinds of no firearm signs yeah. that are oh yeah i'm like yeah. which is the legal one like that's the one that i <laughs> want to know correct yeah and that's what i love that i can just kind of ask that question and you know, so it's a, it's, is it, it's a yeah. uh, pay like yearly or monthly membership? It's a monthly membership. It's only ten ninety five a month. It's super cheap. That it's is, cheaper that than Netflix. Is. There's no reason not <laughs> yeah. to have it. It's one of those things you can sign up for and you basically you forget, forget about that it. you yeah. have a membership to yeah. that. And <laughs> exactly. Or just yeah, pay no, for it for the year. Forget about it. It's, there's no reason not to have it. Yeah. Right. You know? The, and it was founded by attorneys because they were seeing that people were getting tied up in the legal system, basically. People, law-abiding citizens yeah. like us. That's yeah. right. Who just lost their whole life savings, their kids' college fund, their homes, mm-hmm. because they had they defended themselves. Any idea working in this mm-hmm. uh, industry, exactly how many times firearms are used in defensive situations a year? Well, I, I can't tell you the exact quote, but I'll tell you that our attorneys are very busy. And I've heard that road rage keeps them the busiest. Oh, my so gosh. FYI. Um, wow. That is I, that very, doesn't surprise very me at all. common. I, I think about that a lot when I'm on the road and mm-hmm. how quickly I can get to my firearm because we got some crazy drivers there. Are, there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There are definitely We're like in situations. Texas. Everybody has a gun. Everybody, so. ha- everybody mm-hmm. has a gun. And I even think about it, too. I'm like, oh, if I pass them on the road and then they're behind me. But does that make, I feel like, I feel like in Texas with everyone owning guns, like the road wage would be down to a minimum, but no. Well, I mean, I've never been in a situation. I don't know. I've never seen it actually happen before, but I just say that it is something that crosses my mind when I'm driving and I try to be as courteous and polite on the road as possible. Right, because you you just don't know. But sometimes I'm in a hurry and I don't mean to cut somebody (laughs) off and I promise you, (laughs) you know. So, well, Liberty, we're really excited that you came on this show. Emily, we've got a couple of questions we want to ask you real fast before we wrap this up. Yeah, I mean, you you are, I I would say, like SHOT Show veteran, so she knows like all all the stuff, we want to know three essentials that you uh, needed for this weekend or brought with you this weekend. 
So I just brought nice leggings that, yeah. you know, I can, can conceal carry very easily with and um, makeup, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Curling irons. Yeah. yeah all, the, all the good Good stuff. books. Good yeah. books for the airport. So. Oh, yeah. What book? So I'm reading, I'm kind of old school when it comes to reading. So I'm reading a Dale Carnegie book. You guys probably don't even know. Oh, even heard that. which one? It's how to influence people, how to gain confidence speaking. Awesome. It's old, but it's the best. Like I've heard so many other professors and people like nowadays just quote him. So uh-huh. I finally had to get the book. Okay. But it's a really old book. That's awesome. awesome. Well, Very cool. Well, where can people you. go and follow you on social media? Um, on Instagram doing? at Liberty Austin. All of my handles are Liberty Austin. L I B E R T E. Yeah, I was gonna say no if Y. If you put a Y, yeah. it'll come up MT. So use the E. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we really appreciate yeah, you coming on the you. show and taking time to share your wisdom and all of your knowledge with all these. Thank women you so much for having me, and it was so great to see both of you. Oh, thank well, thank you. you, and stay tuned because we have some more fabulous guests coming on the show over the next few weeks from the Turning Point USA Young Women's Leadership Summit. We'll see you then. The Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Conceal Carry Inc. and ConcealCarry.com, strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.